Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Representative Bob Latta shares his reaction to President Volodymyr Zelensky's appeal to Congress yesterday and discusses managing the ongoing crisis in Ukraine. Also this morning, to your health, March is Kidney Awareness Month. Why roughly 90% of Americans with chronic kidney disease don't know it and what they need to know about it. And with spring just a few days away, we have what you need to relax, regroup, and renew in the season of sunshine and warmer weather. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, March 17, 2022. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Uh, make sure you wear your green today. I don't know. Do I have any green on? Was, anyway. Um, here's the thing, and this is what I always, you know, if somebody gives you grief for not wearing green today because you forget, uh, then just tell them you have green underwear on. <laughs> I have done, I've been known to do that on those uh, St. Patrick's Days where I have forgotten uh, when I get dressed in the morning, I get to get to work and I realize, ah, doggone it. It's St. Patrick's day. I was supposed to wear a green and everybody's giving you grief. It's, hey, I have green underwear on. I have yet to have anyone challenge me on that or want to check. <laughs> so that's a good way to get out of it. Uh, today is also corned beef and cabbage day. Um, doctor patient trust day, and it is submarine day today. I don't know why, but it is submarine day. So that uh, as well. St. Patrick's Day, of course, uh, honoring the day in which St. Patrick died. He was the patron saint of Ireland, even though he was not Irish. (laughs) And so that's why today we're all Irish. Uh, He was born in Britain to a Christian family of Roman citizenship. And while he was dying, he urged his friends not to lament, but instead to celebrate his comfortable exit. To that end, His last request was that each of them take a small drop of something to drink to ease their pain. And of course, out of reverence to the saint, they did. And that's where the idea that the Irish have a uh, predication for whiskey is supposedly comes from. I don't know how accurate that story is, but that's the legend. So there it is. Now you know. Speaking of uh, going green... Saw this story on the uh, Newswire. Lawmakers in Colorado now want to pay homeowners to get rid of the grass on their lawns. They're going to they're going to exchange your lawn for cash. It is a state house bill 1151 known as the turf replacement program. Lawmakers argue that non-native grasses like Kentucky bluegrass, which doesn't grow naturally in Colorado, obviously, They say that these non-native grasses are not suitable for the state's dry climate and take up about half the water used in cities in Colorado. As people water their lawns to keep their grass green because they don't get enough uh, rainfall naturally to keep Kentucky bluegrass uh, alive and healthy. Uh, John Berggren, a water policy analyst with Western Reserve Advocates, tells the Associated Press, let's look at how we're using these ornamental grasses. The program is voluntary, and homeowners would receive money to replace their grass with artificial turf. And I'm thinking, you know, especially with gas at $4 a gallon, $4 or $5 a gallon, who wants to mow their lawn? So, I mean, this is a win-win all the way around. Uh, There are other... Similar programs uh, across many places in the West that have saved billions of gallons of water. You know, in California, a lot of places they have uh, artificial lawns, and in if you go to Las Vegas, you see a lot of the grass is actually uh, artificial turf. So it is uh, an idea whose time has come. And I've said before, I've said before, I wouldn't mind replacing my lawn with artificial grass. It'd never have to mow it again. I'm all in for that. Some of the other uh, first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. By the way, speaking of uh, speaking of green, Starbucks going green, doing away with their iconic paper cups for hot drinks and clear plastic cups for cold drinks. 
I mean, they are instantly recognizable. Uh, they're sort of like almost pop culture symbols unto themselves, which is great for brand recognition, but Starbucks wants to move away from using them for environmental reasons because they are single-use disposable. And that's filling up our landfills and leading to pollution in the ocean and all of that. So by 2025 now, the company wants every customer to be able to either use their own mug, you bring in your own mug to get filled up at Starbucks, or they will let you borrow a ceramic uh, or reusable to-go mug that you just bring back the next time you're there. Uh, Starbucks is considering a borrow a cup program in which consumers pay a deposit for a cup they take with them and then bring back after they're used. The company with them, uh, the store would then wash it, put it out for someone else to use. The company has tested a version of the program in Seattle and uh, customers would pay a dollar deposit to get their coffee in one of the uh, returnable cups and then would take it back to a smart bin in the store to get their dollar back. And, uh, I guess it's a fairly easy exchange. Customers were not put off at all. But then again, that's in Seattle where they're very environmentally conscious anyway. I don't know how that would go over in like the Midwest and the South and places where people are not as environmentally conscious. Maybe that's part of it to try and get people to be more environmentally conscious. Uh, they say if they have one of those borrow a cup programs then you don't have to remember to bring your own reusable mug or if you do you don't get stuck with a dirty cup for the rest of the day and you don't need to sit and sip your coffee at a starbucks either you can still get it to go so anyway kind of interesting uh and speaking of green things for saint patrick's day how about going green in your own home researchers out of the university of birmingham have found that certain house plants can make the air in your home cleaner. Uh, says these common house plants can reduce the levels of nitrogen dioxide, which is a common air pollutant in the home, by as much as 20%. They are the peace lily, the corn plant, and the fern arum. We're all able to remove about half of the nitrogen dioxide in a controlled chamber over the course of an hour. And it doesn't matter whether it was dark or light conditions or wet or dry. Um, the leader of the study says there's no indication, even during longer experiments, that the plants then released the nitrogen dioxide back into the atmosphere. It just absorbed it and it disappeared. So, they theorize that there is a biological process taking place involving not only the plant, but the soil that the plant grows in. Researchers don't yet know what the biological process is, but it is certainly encouraging news because high levels of nitrogen dioxide can irritate the airway and can be particularly damaging for people with respiratory diseases such as asthma. So... You want to uh, make the air in your house cleaner, add a peace lily or a fern arum or a corn plant in your home. Start growing corn in your home there, and uh, yeah, kind of interesting. And a couple of other uh, interesting stories among the first things you need to know this morning. Uh, gas prices are sky high. They've come down a little bit, but they're still... Incredibly high, and now some lawmakers in California are proposing sending a $400 rebate to taxpayers in that state to help them cover the cost of fuel. There had been suggestions to temporarily suspend the $0.51 cent a gallon statewide gas tax, but a group of uh, another group of lawmakers put forward the rebate idea instead. They said, uh, number one, suspending the gas tax would have a big impact on funding for important transportation projects. And number two, there is no guarantee that oil companies would pass on the savings to consumers. So instead, we'll just send them $400, which they said would cover 
the 51 cent a gallon gas tax for one year, 52 trips to the pump for most vehicles. That's how they calculated that. It'd be $400 uh, for the year. Um, <laughs> some Republicans in the state of California have said that they support the idea of a rebate, but they still want the gas tax suspension as well. So <laughs> I'm not sure if that's going to, you're going to get both, <laughs> but uh, you can always hope, I guess. That's kind of interesting instead of, uh, because there have been other states, uh, including Ohio, that have uh, thought about suspending the gas tax. The idea, I'm not sure, it's, it, the, the argument against suspending the gas tax was that it would take away from funding for important highway projects. But if a $400 rebate from the government uh, would cover the cost of suspending the gas tax for one year, isn't it six one way, half a dozen the other? I mean, where's that money coming from? I guess it's California. You don't have to worry about where that money is coming from. The government can just oh, no, we'll spend out. We'll send out money. We don't have to worry about it. It's just weird. Anyway, and uh, this is all kinds of weird scientists. I saw this story and I thought, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Scientists have created fabric that can hear. It is a special acoustic fabric created at MIT. It's made from a material that turns any movement of the fabric into an electrical signal. When the material is woven into more traditional yarns, it can create a piece of textile that could be draped and washed just like traditional fabric, but it can, quote-unquote, hear. Uh, researchers have suggested a whole host of possible uses for this fabric, including you know, hearing aids, Clothes that are able to communicate. <laughs> I don't know why our clothes would need to communicate, but they could do it. And fabrics that can track the response of the body of the people that are wearing them. So it can track your, I don't know, your vital statistics or your movement, let you know how much exercise you're getting, that kind of thing. I don't know. I... <laughs> I think there are already enough things that are tracking my every movement. I'm not sure that I want my clothes to be tracking me. I don't know. Make of it what you will. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, mostly sunny skies today and a high of 71, partly cloudy tonight, low 45. Ohio lawmakers are looking to increase penalties for people charged with summoning police under false pretenses. Senate Bill 292 would make swatting a first-degree felony if somebody's harmed and a third-degree felony in other cases. The practice is known as swatting since police often respond to the fake threats with a SWAT team. In February, the Putnam County Sheriff's Office says a man made swatting calls to Ottawa, Ohio, when he thought he was calling police in Ottawa, Canada. Give more on that and this new bill on the website. Chamberlain Hill Elementary School in Finley is raising money to update its land lab outdoor space and possibly build a new indoor lab for year-round learning as well. STEAM educator Tanya Turbin says students have been involved in every step of the process. I think that's the really unique part of this is the students were part of the design team as we started to look at pictures and how we could modify this space. The students have done several presentations with organizations. They have created videos explaining the space. Um, so students, are just they have their hands in this. This is kind of their project as well. Tanya says they're in the early stages of fundraising and Casey's recently donated $25,000 for the project. Learn more about the project and get more of our conversation with Tanya on the website. March Madness is underway. A good time to remind Ohioans that free help is available for problem gamblers. For many people, March Madness and other major sporting events are an opportunity to spend a few bucks in office pools. But for some people, gambling is an addiction that wrecks finances, marriages, and jobs. Stacy Fronapple-Hassan is the chief of the state's Bureau of Problem Gambling. We have a problem gambling helpline. That number is one 800 589-9966 and those are trained specialists that would take that call. She says if clinical help is needed for a gambling addiction, the state provides it for free. Dave James, ONN News. The Ohio Department of Commerce is again reminding Ohioans to check and see if they have any unclaimed funds or property through their online portal. The ODC says they're currently guarding more than $3 billion in money and property that has gone unclaimed. On our website, you'll find a link to the state's web portal called missingmoney.com. 
Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. The Ukrainian people are defending not only Ukraine. We are fighting for the values of Europe and the world, sacrificing our lives in the name of the future. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. The words there of Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky making an emotional appeal for more U.S. assistance in that country's ongoing war with Russia in a virtual speech to Congress yesterday morning. Yesterday afternoon, we spoke with Representative Bob Latta for his reaction and his thoughts on managing this crisis moving forward. First of all, Congressman, what did you take away from Mr. Zelensky's speech overall, just in terms of general impression? Well, first, I think it was extremely powerful. Uh, you know, you have to go back to December 1941 when Winston Churchill uh, addressed uh, Congress, uh, you know, really in the darkest day of World War II. And, uh, you know, you know, the American people in the world are, are, you know, witnessing what's going on with the genocide, the war crimes, uh, of a dictator that uh, invaded a democracy. And, uh, you know, here we are, uh, three weeks into this, uh, uh, war and the Ukrainians are fighting and we have to do everything we possibly can to make sure that we can give them the assistance that they need to, uh, stop the aggression. It's interesting you invoke the memory of Winston Churchill's appeal for the U.S. to defend freedom in Europe before we got involved in World War II. And in fact, there are a lot of historians that believe that one reason that that conflict escalated to the point that it did was because the United States and others uh, delayed getting involved when Hitler first invaded Poland in 1939. And I know that this is a different time and that there are nuclear considerations here in the 21st century and all of that, but it does seem that history may be trying to teach us something. Well, I was a history major in school and I read history all the time, and I'm a, uh, a huge Churchillian. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, we've learned through uh, studying history is that he who forgets the past is condemned to repeat it. And uh, one of the things, again, this is why it's so important that uh, you know, the world gives, the, gives the, the Ukrainians exactly what they need, because again, uh, they need uh, better anti-aircraft. Uh, you know, right now the stingers are okay, maybe for low-flying helicopters, but they need something that can uh, knock out a jet. The other issue, though, is, you know, we've seen that the Russians are now sending in their cruise missiles to hit sites all over the Ukraine and, you know, the constant bombing of their cities. And one of the things that uh, uh, in World War II, when the, the Germans uh, had the blitz on, uh, on Britain, especially in London, the, uh, the, the, the British, you know, even had greater resolve. Uh, you know, then we turn around with the Brits and bombing German cities, but that did not make them um, capitulate. And, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, Putin needs to know that, and remember his history, that there's this huge battle at Stalingrad. And it was Stalingrad, of course, that the Germans uh, were defeated. And, uh, I mean, you're talking about tens and tens of thousands of Germans that surrendered and all that were killed there. But, uh, you know, you were, you did the city fighting. And then, if they, of course, at uh, the end of the war, it was uh, when you look at what happened in Berlin with the fighting there. And, of course, for us, it was over in Manila in World War II with the street fighting that was going on there. So the Ukrainians are going to fight this thing out. And we have to make sure we give them what they need. You, you talk about giving uh, the Ukrainians everything that they need. One of the things that President Zelensky has repeatedly asked for is a no-fly zone, which uh, has been a non-starter in the minds of most uh, leaders in the U.S. What more can and should we be doing moving forward? What could you support and what would be a bridge too far? Well, you know, again, when you think about the the MIGs, this administration uh, did, a, did a 180. They were all for it in a couple of, you know, like about uh, less than 48 hours later, they changed their minds. But again, uh, you're, you're talking about uh, aircraft that they could fly on their own. This, these, you know, these are aircraft that they're familiar with. But uh, you know, if we don't, uh, you know, get get them what they need, uh, we're just going to see the slaughtering uh, of the innocent continuing. 
Uh, you're talking about uh, getting the uh, Soviet-made MiG aircraft from Poland uh, into uh, into Ukraine for Ukraine to use uh, in battling back the Russians. And it was proposed that that be done through a, some sort of an exchange or a proxy through a U.S. base in Germany. The concern was that would be seen as escalation on the part of the Russians. Do you share that concern? Well, you know, uh, one of the things with Putin right now is that everything that uh, seems to, what well, he considers, you know, he he said he was free. He he's invaded a country, uh, a democracy, and now he's setting the rules. And uh, you know, they thought that this thing would be over in three days, but they never under, they totally underestimated the Ukrainians that they would fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we're we're you know we we've given them the javelin uh, anti tank. These are you know the most sophisticated things you're going to have out there. And if they're not going to get the jets to them, we, get, we, we have to get them better anti-aircraft. And so there's different systems out there that uh, can be provided to them that, uh, you know, to really make sure that the uh, Russians can't fly uh, without uh, uh, being shot down. And, you know, you have to remember one thing. Let's go back to Vietnam. Uh, where did the North, North Vietnamese get all of their equipment from and all the SAM missiles that are shooting down uh, American jets, Russia, Soviet Union? And so, again, uh, here you have an aggressor threatening everybody else, saying that, okay, uh, if, if uh, anybody tries to stop me, this is what you're going to happen to you now. But, you know, the, Chris, one of the things you have to look at is, what's this guy's end goal now? Because uh, he's driven, you know, he might drive 3 million people out of the country. Uh, you know, the, the Ukrainians, remember, the Stalin that killed between 4 and 7 million Ukrainians mm-hmm. um, when he starved them and took their food away and brought in Russians to take over their farm ground. And, uh, you know, you're looking at if he controls the, uh, uh, around the Black Sea, then he can stop all uh, imports of oil and natural gas into this, uh, Eastern Europe. But, you know, he's never going to have a country that is going to be uh, uh, one that's going to say, oh, we welcome you with open arms. He's killing them. And uh, so, and, you know, when you're seeing the destruction, and I tell you, the video that... Uh, President Zelensky showed this morning. You know, a lot of people have already seen these images, but when you see it all together at one time, it just shows what the uh, the Russians are doing. And, uh, you know, when we think about the Russian uh, uh, news person the other night that jumped on camera with a sign, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I've seen uh, anybody express uh, themselves with more courage than that woman did that night. Yeah. The last time we had you on this program, you made clear that you believe the administration should have imposed stronger sanctions on Russia sooner. Clearly, the sanctions that we have imposed have crippled the Russian economy. They've led to severe hardships for the Russian people and low morale among the Russian soldiers, but they do not seem to have had any effect on Vladimir Putin's resolve to take control of Ukraine. Is there some crippling blow that we have not yet tried, or is it beginning to look inevitable that the U.S. is going to have to get more directly involved in this conflict if we don't want Ukraine to fall? Well, I, you know, I think there, there's more things you can do, you know, we can do. And, you know, first of all, I, I introduced legislation right off the bat to uh, prevent uh, the United States from purchasing, like we did last year, 245 million barrels and giving them $17.5 billion that, that, that they can use, you know, of course, uh, against the Ukrainians. And so I think when you look at uh, other things out there, it's, it's really just keep, keep tightening it and making sure, because again, uh, you know, at first, Biden and the Democrats, they weren't going to go anywhere near uh, saying we're going to uh, not buy Russian oil. But, uh, you know, the one thing that, uh, you know, the president turns around and does, he says, well, let's get it from the Iranians in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, wait a minute. You see, the Iranians hate us. They want to kill us. And so you want to give them money to kill us? You know, it's just, it's just that he is so fearful of offending his far left and his Green New Deal friends that, uh, you know, he just doesn't get it that the American people are saying, no, we, we can't be doing what your policies would do. We have to get out there and make sure that uh, we, we we prevent the money from flowing in to Russia. And that's also, you know, making sure that the Chinese don't uh, start uh, back-selling for the Russians. Mm-hmm. And But it's at the same time that, uh, you know, with the Russians out there, 
and this administration saying it's okay for you know, the Russians with the Iranian nuclear deal. That's the last group that I want to see have a nuclear uh, deal with. we got to stop that. And again, it's stopping uh, the Russians uh, from these negotiations and uh, moving forward to make sure that, number one, we can become North American energy de- independent and not be dependent on, uh, again, like uh, Western Europe has by falling into Putin's trap, being 25% of their oil and 40% of the natural gas. Uh, a, a lot of what you were uh, talking about there actually kind of speaks to uh, what I wanted to uh, ask, and we'll make this the last question, get you out of here on this. I understand that everything in Washington is political and the calculus of the fallout on every policy decision is always there. But at, at least publicly, uh, this seems to have been an issue uh, on which we have seen broad bipartisan agreement and cooperation. Is that the case behind the scenes uh, as well? Well, I, I think that uh, in some cases, uh, you know, some people were a little bit late to the table. But I think that uh, you know, when you know, when they start seeing these images and they see this naked aggression, that this is what uh, pulls us together. But again, we have to be firm in what we're going to do, and you can't waffle because you know, when you're talking about a dictatorship, these people only understand one thing, and that's that's power against them. So we've got to move as much equipment to them as soon as possible and keep it moving so they can keep fighting. We will leave it there for now. Representative Bob Latta, Congressman, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Well, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. To your health this morning, March is National Kidney Month, and an estimated 37 million adults in the U.S. have chronic kidney disease. Amazingly, uh, roughly 90% don't know it. Uh, joining us this morning is Dr. Adam Weinstein. He is uh, Chief Medical Information Officer for DaVita Kidney Care. And Dr. Weinstein, I, I have to admit, that was that was a mind-blowing number uh, for me. I, I How is it that anyone, much less nearly everyone with chronic kidney disease, can have this and not know it? Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. So, you know, kidney disease is an interesting problem because it, it doesn't have a lot of symptoms. Most patients, especially those with early kidney disease, are, are not aware. They don't feel any different. And in fact, the only way that we discover kidney disease in most patients is through blood work. That is through lab draws that a patient's primary doctor or perhaps an insurance physical or similar kind of study would show up, uh, would evaluate and, and then determine that the kidneys are not functioning 100%. So that just, uh, I guess, reiterates the importance of having your regular checkups and and so on. Um, But you say that there really aren't a whole lot of uh, symptoms. Are there any signs that uh, someone uh, would have uh, the earlier stages of of kidney disease? Anything that we can watch for? Absolutely. So patients with other chronic illnesses are actually at the highest risk for developing kidney disease. So, Mm. you know, kidney disease isn't inevitable in otherwise healthy individuals per se. But certainly patients with diabetes, hypertension, who are exposed to uh, a variety of ongoing medications sometimes develop chronic kidney disease as part of the organ damage that comes with those illnesses. And so certainly as as patients uh, experience other health events, um, blood work is often drawn, and that's the population we most commonly find kidney damage in. So at the very minimum, you should put this kind of in the back of your mind that this is a, a, a risk factor, an increased risk factor uh, for chronic kidney disease on top of maybe something else. So what should uh, someone do I and mean, what's the first thing to know for someone who is recently diagnosed with kidney disease? Yeah, that's a great question. Many patients discover it, as I said, through lab draws, and they'll discover it in concert with a primary care visit or a discussion with their their primary doctor. And after that happens, you know, there's sort of two or three things that should take place. First off, the the patient should be asking, why are my kidneys not working 100%? And sometimes the primary care doctor will um, be able to help guide the patient. Sometimes they will send them to someone like myself, a kidney specialist. Either way, understanding the why then gets to the what can be done, which often involves making sure medications are appropriately dosed, that diabetes and hypertension are being well managed, 
and really then understanding whether or not kidneys are getting worse over time through repeated evaluations of blood work and an ongoing relationship with both your primary care doctor and your kidney specialist. I guess that's one of the points that we should uh, go back and and make uh, as we're talking about uh, the number of people who have the early stages of chronic kidney disease and don't know it, that if this is not addressed and allowed to progress, uh, you're talking about uh, potentially some serious uh, complications. Oh, that's absolutely true. So, a subset, not not all, but a subset of our patients do go on to develop what's called end-stage kidney disease. That's the, the point where your kidneys can no longer support your body, keep you alive. And when patients reach that point, they, they require either kidney dialysis or a transplant. And while transplant is absolutely the best option for, for most people, they're not always available for everyone. And so many patients end up on dialysis, either at a dialysis center in the home um, while they're being evaluated for or waiting for a kidney transplant. And so that's generally how this goes if someone is not being well-managed uh, prior to the development of end-stage kidney disease. So again, to emphasize the point, uh, chronic kidney disease, again, if it's caught uh, in time and can be managed, does not always equal dialysis or transplant, correct? Oh, totally, yes. Uh, about 15% of patients, maybe a little less, will end up on with end-stage kidney disease. But but really, if, if you're careful and thoughtful around managing the disease process, you can do a, a lot to slow down progression and sometimes arrest progression. So again, to reemphasize the point uh, that it is important to know uh, whether this impacts you, um, you said something uh, interesting earlier uh, dialysis at home, that's, uh, I think, when most people think of dialysis, they think of uh, in a uh, medical facility, not something that you can do at home. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So dialysis comes in about in two different forms. There, there's in-center dialysis, which is what you just described, which is where a patient attends a dialysis unit three times a week, and we use a machine to help clean their blood. Um, and that's pretty common. But there's also at-home dialysis. That's often called peritoneal dialysis, which is dialysis where a patient is trained to conduct the dialysis on their own or with a family member at home. And it it's often offers a lot of flexibility around timing, and it gives the patients a lot of flexibility for lifestyle as well. I would say many of our peritoneal dialysis patients report very high quality of life relative to those that have to go to our dialysis centers. Either way, both modalities, as we call them, both home and in-center, are, are totally effective and, and offer life-sustaining therapy for our patients. And then you mentioned uh, kidney transplant as, uh, you know, again, for uh, advanced or extreme uh, cases. Um, aside from the availability of donor kidneys, which is always an issue, are there other factors that play into whether someone would be a good fit uh, for a transplant? Yeah, Many of our patients who are nearing end-stage kidney disease or have end-stage kidney disease should be evaluated for kidney transplant. And, and the list of criteria are, are fairly long. So what that means then is that their doctor, their kidney doctor and them should decide if they're appropriate. And if it's, if it's right, they can be referred to either a tertiary medical center or an academic medical center where transplants are done. That medical center will in turn evaluate the patient through a series of tests and interviews to make sure that they're medically safe for a transplant. And for those that are, they go on the waiting list for a, a deceased donor kidney, or if they're fortunate enough to have a, a loved one or a friend who's willing to donate a kidney, they can often coordinate the donation of that kidney through that transplant center. So again, we talk about those extreme cases, but the goal here and the reason uh, we talk about uh, National Kidney Month is to hopefully uh, get to this uh, before we get to those extreme cases. I mentioned medication and ways that can be uh, this uh, condition can be managed. Are there other uh, ways of uh, managing kidney disease, lifestyle changes, that kind of thing? Absolutely. So many of our patients would benefit from exercise, weight loss, uh, cessation of smoking or tobacco use, the common things that protect you from heart attacks and strokes, which is nice because all of that rolls up into general health, but mm -hmm. also protects your kidneys. And if you understand why you have kidney disease, diabetes, hypertension, making sure that those diseases are managed well also protects your kidneys. 
as I've said all along, you know, kidney disease is oftentimes not a primary illness. That is, the kidneys don't get sick on their own per se, right. but rather it's, it's a downstream effect of other illnesses. Again, Dr. Adam Weinstein with us, uh, Chief Medical Information Officer for DaVita Kidney Care, and we've certainly thrown a lot of information out there for folks uh, with respect to National Kidney Month. Where do we get more information? We always say when we talk medical information, the best source uh, of information is going to be your doctor for your specific situation, but uh, aside from that, is there a, a place we can guide folks for more kind of general information? Absolutely. So my company, DaVita, has uh, a couple websites that are for consumers. The first I'll offer is davita.com forward slash CKD. So that's D-A-V-I-T-A dot com forward slash C is in chronic, K is in kidney, D is in disease. The other is uh, Kidney Smart, which is kidney and smart dot O-R-G, kidneysmart.org. And that is a consumer website which has lots of information about kidney disease and actually offers classes that people can take as well. So both of those are, as you suggested, good general information sites, but really making sure you're talking to your doctor about your specific situation is also critical. Dr. Weinstein, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We always seem to have stories out of Florida. This is one that could only happen in Florida. Only in Florida could this happen. Uh, the Mon- Montverde Academy High School swim team practice was delayed by an alligator last week. According to the Lake County Sheriff's Office, uh, deputies were called to remove a three-foot gator from the pool at the school. (laughs) The swim team shows up for practice and, wait, there's an alligator in the pool. (laughs) They were uh, able to use a safety hook to remove the gator. He was uh, taken to Lake Apopka, where he was released on his own recognizance, according to the police report. Only in Florida would something like that happen. It's, I'd imagine that uh, probably happens more often than you might think. Uh, you know, the weirdest thing about dumb stories that come out of the state of Florida is that you don't have to be a Florida native or a Florida resident to do something dumb when you go to Florida. Apparently, it is just a, a thing. It's something in the air, something in the water. I don't know. But uh, people just do dumb things in Florida, whether or not you are from Florida. A confused traveler spent his first night in Florida at the home of a stranger after he confused it for his Airbnb. <laughs> Paul Dreskler traveled to Miami uh, for a friend's wedding and arrived what he thought was his Airbnb. According to Mr. Dreskler, the doors were unlocked, the bed was made, and there were two clean towels (laughs) waiting for him. The next morning, though, he was awakened by a confused uh, homeowner. (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) The homeowner there, uh, though, was very understanding. It turns out the Airbnb rental was actually the house next door. (laughs) Oops! Uh, One other story from the Sunshine State. A 40-year-old Florida woman is at Pinellas County, Florida in this case, is now facing battery charges after shooting her neighbor with a squirt gun. Authorities at the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office report that the victim was shot in the face with a water gun as she passed the home of Renee Bolduc. Uh, This past Saturday, deputies say that Ms. Bolduc sprayed the victim because she was upset that she was walking on her street. I don't want you walking on my street. You go walk on somebody else's street. (laughs) Got her with a squirt gun. And uh, it's lead to a battery charge. I mean, don't fool around with this. Um, Ms. Bolduc was arrested and held on a $500 bond. Oh, kind of weird. A couple of other uh, broken news stories here this morning, not from Florida. Pennsylvania residents uh, got a notice. Some Pennsylvania residents got a notice in the mail uh, yesterday that they've been called to jury duty. Problem is they'll have to use a time machine uh, 
Residents in York County got summonses, 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 summons, 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 what is the summonses? Got summonses in the mail recently ordering them to appear for jury duty in 2012. (laughs) The uh, county uh, says that they have corrected the error and reprinted and remailed the summonses with the correct date. (laughs) I mean, I've been called to jury duty, but to uh, get called in jury duty for (laughs) jury duty in 2012, that'd be kind of hard. Police in Texas say a magician is using his skills for nefarious purposes. The uh, Seguin Police Department posted to Facebook earlier this week saying a man uh, was quick-changing Walmart employees. That's when someone uses a sleight-of-hand trick while counting out their change to pocket extra money. The uh, man reportedly will count out the change and show the employee that he was shortchanged while he pockets part of the money with his other hand. So he shows the... Uh, the checkout uh, clerk that he was shortchanged on his change when he is actually pocketing some of that money and the uh, clerk will make up the difference. And yeah, so you see uh, police have posted photos of the suspect from security footage. And they say, if you have any information, um, please uh, get a hold of, uh, of police to get this uh, musician behind bars before he gives another uh, <clears throat> performance. When you have that skill, with great power comes great responsibility. You're a magician. Don't use your skills for nefarious purposes. And uh, speaking of using one's skills for nefarious purposes, uh, this in Jackson, Wisconsin, Scott Charmoli is a dentist. Uh, his only problem as a dentist is that his patient's teeth were just fine, but that wasn't making him any money. So he decided to drill into and break his patient's teeth in order to charge them for fixing the damage that he had caused. (laughs) Put that under the file of seemed like a good idea at the time. But federal prosecutors got involved because insurance fraud. Uh, Mr. Charmoli or Dr. Charmoli went from pulling in one point four million dollars for four hundred thirty four crowns in twenty fourteen to taking in $2.5 million and performing more than 1,000 such procedures a year later. He was convicted of five counts of health care insurance fraud and two counts of making false statements about his patient's treatment. He is scheduled for sentencing in June. He faces up to 10 years for each count and a maximum of five years on the other two convictions. So... He's in a lot of a lot of trouble uh, for well. If you're a dentist and your uh, patient's teeth are in good shape, that's not a good thing for you. But you really, should not take that into your own hands. There you go. Uh, some of the uh, odd and unusual side of the uh, headlines today's broken news report is brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <laughs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. And we mentioned spring is now, what, three days away, right around the corner. And that means it's going to be time to launch into your spring cleaning, which is a good thing in more ways than one. A new survey finds that there is a direct link. The majority, vast majority of Americans believe there is a direct link between one's tidiness in their home and their personal well-being so if you've been putting off cleaning up you may want to not put that off any longer a survey of 2,000 american homeowners found that 78 percent believe that there is that direct link between their home's tidiness and their well-being three quarters of those in the survey agree that their stress levels increase when their their home is messy Uh, 70% believe this carries over 
when their outdoor spaces are unkempt. Uh, Of course, after two years of the pandemic, 75% in this survey of homeowners say they don't know where they would be without their outdoor space. 71% said it served as an oasis during the pandemic, a way to get out of the house and get some fresh air. And it was just an essential oasis, that outdoor space. However, homeowners may want to get in their uh, get to their spring cleaning checklist sooner rather than later of those who regularly do spring cleaning which was 1600 of the 2000 in the survey 72 percent feel that their spring cleaning also plays a role in improving their well-being again reiterating what we were saying earlier about that correlation between tidiness and uh good uh personal uh health uh, health and well-being 72 percent feel that spring cleaning plays a role in improving their well-being. Other motivations to clean include feeling productive. I just want to feel productive. 53% uh, cited that as a reason, as a motivation to uh, clean up the house. 48% said it's a way to welcome in the change of the season. And 47% see spring cleaning as a way to prepare for other spring activities so time to get to your spring cleaning well you remember yesterday in this segment we were talking about launching into your spring into wellness routine this morning wellness and lifestyle expert jamie hess has what you need to relax regroup and renew as we count down to those days of sunshine and warmer weather jamie thanks very much for taking the time this morning where do we start when building better habits this spring well it's a great question i think you kind of nailed it it's about building those habits okay a lot of people have those lofty new year's resolutions and then they kind of fall to the wayside. And if it, if it were about willpower alone, we would all just do it. We would have a lot of happy, healthy people walking around out there who <laughs> weren't worried about their weight. But that's not how it works, right? So I teach people, I have a coaching program called the Big Ask Method. What does that mean? It means that I literally teach people how to ask for the help that they need in achieving their weight loss and wellness goals. Because it's really about accountability and consistency. That is ultimately the game changer. So what tips do you have? Can you share with us here when it comes to healthier eating? Because that is really at the core of the wellness routine that we talk about. It sure is. And here's what I want to talk about. I want everyone out there to look at it as an overarching idea. You got to view nutrition through a different lens. One of the things we do in my family is just changing the narrative. My kids will never hear me say, Ugh, mom's on a diet. Mom has to be on a diet. What a drag. They hear me and my husband say, we get to eat clean. We get to nourish our bodies. Doesn't that feel good and fun? And my kids adopt that. They think it's super cool. They think kale is cool. You know, I hear people <laughs> say all the time, my, my kids won't eat healthy. Your kids will eat healthy. You just got to introduce it differently. So the way you talk about food is important. And then you got to extend those nutritional values to every member of the family. And that includes, by the way, your four-legged friends. So I have an an exciting tidbit of information in my own life to give you a peek in. I just got a puppy. My sons and I just picked out a puppy yesterday. So he's on his way here. And there's been a lot of talk in my family over the past week about what we're going to feed this dog because we want the dog to eat in alignment with our nutritional values. So we picked a canna. It's A-C-A-N-A, a canna wholesome grains. Now, why this is so great? Unlike other premium dog foods, they don't use things like wheat and corn. They use animal-rich, you know, protein ingredients and, and balance that with things like nutritious grains and fruits and vegetables. It comes in seven pet-approved flavors, so lots to choose from. And you can find it at Amazon, Petco, Chewy, and, of course, your local pet retailers nationwide. So a great way to extend that nutritional excellence to every member of the family. So it sounds like what you're saying is you just kind of change that mindset and uh, put yourself in the frame of mind uh, of eating healthy as being something you get to do rather than something you have to do. And that really changes everyone's mindset. What about uh, some of the other healthy habits that we can uh, use to refresh uh, in this season of refresh and renewal? 
Well, speaking of a mindset change, let's talk about morning routines. Because morning routines kind of get like a bad rap. People kind of like, you know, joke about them. You know, what's your morning routine? Listen, your morning routine sets up your whole day. So it's super important. And if you have a hard time getting up early enough to adopt any sort of a, a morning routine that's relaxing, try setting your alarm clock incrementally earlier, just 15 minutes earlier every day until you hit that sweet spot where you have time to thrive in the morning. So I always say this, you know, even getting a short workout in is better than nothing to get those endorphins flowing. Journaling, meditating, these are the little things that set your day up right. Doing your skincare routine. So skincare is really a, a pillar of holistic wellness, so don't overlook it. And what I'm loving these days for my skincare routine is Lift and Illuminate by number seven. So it is so hydrating. It's my favorite thing to use. I specifically use the Lift and Illuminate Day Cream in my morning routine because it's actually been proven to hydrate better than moisturizers that cost 10 times as much. So a really fabulous product there uh, at, at a great value. Number seven, of course, is one of the UK's best kept secrets of skincare for 86 years now. So a real legacy brand out of the UK. And they just have a slew of science-backed moisturizers that are also affordable. So you can find this actually right now. There's a deal. It's going from March 20th through 26th. You can get this at Walgreens or Walgreens.com for 40% off. So definitely check that one out. You look good, you will feel good. Again, it's a matter of setting your mind right uh, for all of this. Any more uh, ideas uh, and thoughts to share? Absolutely. I mean, spring has sprung, right? We're, we're in it. We're here. It's starting to get warm and get outside. That is my simplest tip is to get outside. You don't have to figure out all everything as it pertains to health and wellness. Just get outside. And there's actually a, a recent study that proves that getting those daylight sunshine hours in is just as important to your sleep cycles as turning off that blue light at night. So everybody tells you to put your cell phone away at night, and that is good, solid advice. But don't forget to also get that sunshine on your face because a lot of us, especially now that we're working from home or we're hybrid, we forget to go outside at all. So don't discount the power of sunshine. I uh, am as guilty of that as anyone. So some great advice. And really, it, it boils down to something we've uh, heard and we've talked about before. Uh, just getting started, just doing it. And you don't have to worry about whether you're, quote unquote, doing it right at first. Just doing it and getting into the habit uh, is a good step in the right direction. Is that what it boils down to? Amen, my friend. That's literally it. One step at a time is all you can do. Be a little better today than you were yesterday. Again, wellness and lifestyle expert Jamie Hess with uh, some of her uh, top tips and favorite products uh, to relax, regroup, and renew as we count down to those uh, uh, great days of spring that are ahead. Uh, Jamie, where do we get more information on all of this? You can follow me on Instagram. I am NYC Fit Fam, like a fit family, and I share tips and tricks like this every single day. Jamie, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And with that, we finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information on all of the topics that we talk about on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, remember when we were all stressed out about going into pandemic lockdown? Well, now it's our pets that are stressing as those family routines are getting back to normal for us. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.